Hey everyone, it is me, your Dungeon Master. Before we delve into this episode of the podcast, I have some very important things to bring up. I know that under current circumstances, this whole podcast feels pretty frivolous. Uh, When we started this project in the middle of the COVID crisis, escapism was a necessity. Uh, Now though, while some degree of escapism is definitely still needed to keep us from going completely insane, it's more important than ever to stay present and aware of what's happening around us. Uh, Because the reality is there are those of us, namely the black citizens of America for whom escape is impossible right now. Uh, For those of us who've made gaming of any sort a part of our lives for a long time now, it is so easy right now to want to put our heads in the sand and kind of jam around in a world that is way cooler than the one we're in now, Uh, which, considering most DMs I know throw horrendous undead creatures and literal fire-breathing dragons at their players, is pretty fucking sad, if I do say so myself. Uh, But right now, we need to do what's not easy, which is take a stand against oppression, against the corrupt system, against violence towards the black bodies of our fellow citizens' DMs. How... Many of you have ran a campaign where your players have overthrown a corrupt king or an evil ruler. How many parties of players have chosen to pick a fight with impossible odds because they saw injustice or evil and couldn't do it? They couldn't abide by it. How many of you have put a player in your party in a difficult or violent situation because of their character's race? These situations aren't fantasy anymore. They're happening right now. Uh, And and if you can imagine it in Eberron, then you can grasp it in real life. Everyone can. Uh, If you can do absolutely nothing else, now is the time to start incorporating these things into your games. If for some reason you can't be discussing politics, quote-unquote, with your players, and I say this with some disdain because human rights should not be an issue of politics... Uh, then introduce situations like these, make them think, make them feel. If they don't like getting treated like shit because they're a half-orc or a dwarf or a lizard folk or even a human in a fantasy game with no consequences, maybe shed some light on the fact that the people protesting right now are people who go through that shit every day. So, to those of you out there already showing solidarity, good. Uh, To those of you attending protests, please stay safe. Document well, make sure to stand by your fellow black Americans, protect them, and make sure that their space is honored and held for their voices. Any donations or pledges made to this podcast right now, however rare or small, we have a following of approximately six fucking people, uh, but they will be going to organizations that support this important civil rights movement, uh, what's becoming the biggest civil rights movement in history in 2020. Think about that a little bit, if you will. Black Lives Matter. Thank you for listening. This is Quarantine Quest. There are 12 dragon-marked houses in Eberron. These houses have existed for thousands of years. They are not completely understood. What is known is that the common races living on the continents of Corvair and Erinol developed mysterious symbols on the bodies of the Chosen. These lesser and greater dragon marks each had a number of spell-like abilities, magical talents associated with each unique dragon mark. Individual strains of dragon marks appeared within bloodlines, and eventually each family created an economic empire using the dragon marks, and the dragon marked houses developed into independent commerce states operating across multiple nations. 
House Caneth, consisting of humans with the mark of making, includes alchemists, artificers, and mage rites of great skill. The destruction of Caneth's ancestral estates in the doomed nation of Sire and the death of their patriarch have thrown the house into chaos. Three different leaders have emerged, each intending to lead the house into the future. There is Baron Jorlana de Caneth, Baron Merix de Caneth, and Baron Zorlan de Caneth. The proud humans of House Deneth carry the mark of the Sentinel. They are home to both the Defenders Guild and the Blademarks Guild, providing the finest guards, mercenaries, strategists, and arcane warriors known throughout the nations of Corvair. The Mark of Hospitality, the Mark of House Galanda, appeared among the halflings of the Talenta Plains nearly 3,200 years ago. You will find nowhere more comfortable on the continent of Corvair than an inn owned by House Galanda. Another halfling house, House Jurasco, possesses the Mark of Healing. Today, the Healer's Guild of House Jurasco tends to the well-being of most of Corvair, Using mundane and magical healing techniques, as well as alchemy and herbalism, the healers of House Jurasco deal in curing illnesses, tending wounds, and treating mental maladies. Possessing great wealth and the magical mark of warding, the dwarves of House Kundarak have established themselves as the bankers and moneylenders of Corvair, as well as providers of persistent security for businesses and precious goods. House Lirandar consists of half-elves with the Mark of the Storm. With the ability to harness weather, the Raincaller's Guild helps farmers and citizens all across Corvair, while the Windrights Guild controls a vast shipping and transportation business by harnessing the powers of the wind and water. The humans of House Orion bear the Mark of Passage, their Courier's Guild takes advantage of the vast transportation network established across Corvair to deliver packages, messages, and passengers. The Transportation Guild operates lightning rails and caravan routes all throughout Corvair and maintains roads in between the Twelve Nations. The Mark of Shadow and the Mark of Death both appeared on the Elves of House Fierlan at about the same time. They lived in peaceful coexistence until, over 2,000 years ago, all of the members of House Fierlan bearing the Mark of Death were slaughtered, leaving only a few hidden members among the court of the Deathless. Those bearing the Mark of Shadow left Erinol and relocated to Corvair. Most people believe that the elves who work for House Fierlan are the best entertainers and artisans that money can buy. Few suspect the truth, that each is also an integral part of a network of spies operating throughout Corvair, giving House Fierlan a reputation as the House of Espionage. Using natural talent and the mark of scribing, the gnomes of House Sivis established themselves as the masters of the written and spoken word. In addition to maintaining the lines of magical communication that connect the nations of Corvair, House Sivis provides translators, notaries, mediators, and advocates to cities all across the continent. The humans and half-orcs of House Therashk use the mark of finding to work as prospectors, inquisitives, and bounty hunters. 
Finally, House of Adalis bears the mark of handling, which has the power to calm and control animals. The Vidalis Handlers Guild breeds and sells a tremendous variety of animals, and Vidalis Handlers serve as team drivers, trainers, and stable keepers. The twelve dragon-marked houses form the backbone of the continent, but much like the nations that they serve, they are possessed by a tense undercurrent of ambition and secrecy. Their purposes are clear, but their intents are not. And tangled are the webs they weave. have to get a house patron but house patronage does give you a significant financial and resource advantage um over the common student and uh you definitely notice that students are aren't the only people there there's uh diplomats hopefuls um and uh parliament members uh members of lesser houses coming to seek patronage and favor um, there's all manner of folks. So, uh, like, is this like pledging a fraternity? Uh, kind of. I mean, the dragon marked houses are huge universal institutions free of any bond or nation. But at the moment, yeah. Uh, would any of you be interested in going to find patronage? Yep. I might just maybe even for my own the hometown house. Okay. So let's cool. start with, I guess let's just go in order. Um, would you be looking for, Patronage or down schmoozing, uh, Torbjorn? Ah, absolutely. Cool uh, beans. Your, uh, your, your whole family's already in pretty good with House Kunderak. I would probably just kind of go check up with that booth then. Like the, the, the House Kunderak folks. Yeah. And you don't know quite how that house runs outside of the holds of Muir, um, and you notice they are dressed very differently than traditional dwarven style. They're wearing a lot of um, more uh, city slicker clothes. So uh, you walk up to uh, one of the representatives of House Kunderak, and he immediately raises his hand, recognizing you from a distance as a member of the uh, the House Barrel, the Barrelman clan. And, uh... Brother! Over here! God, it's good to see another of our own kind. How's the homeland? Ah, brother! <laughs> I'm just go and like hug, hug him like I've known him forever. Heck yes. You know, tell tell home home's good and uh, <laughs> you know, ale, ale is swale. A- ale is swale. The ale business is, is being a dwarf and business is booming. Um, bo- business is booming and my cup is full. There, you, I like that. Business is booming and my cup is full. I love it. And uh, he's going to kind of uh, pat your armor and uh, he's going to say, Still roaming around in bigger's rags as ever, I see. And he's being completely sarcastic. They all know that House Barrel is one of the highest dwarven houses and is filthy fucking rich. So, uh, yeah. yeah, he's going he's gonna to kind of pat the front of your armor. So what brings you to Sharn? Surely, uh, surely old man Beryl didn't send you here to engage in politics. 
not not quite politics, but he sent me off to bring honor to us all. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, this is what you give me to work with, huh? Well, honey, I've seen worse. Um. We're gonna turn the sow's ear into a silver. Don't call him a sow's ear. That is the worst insult possible in dwarfish insults. No sow's ears. Um. I made us made of the finest silk. But um, if you uh, if you remember, your father had sent you to try and garner the favor of House Caneth, the House of Making. Uh, yes. So I'm gonna ask them if they know anything about the House of Caner. Oh, House Caneth. Uh, they're um, they're uh, their booths right over there. Uh, just look for the look for the. Uh, I mean, most of them are humans, but there's a fair amount of gnomes in there. You know oh. how they like to like to tinker. Uh, they're over there. Uh, you can find them by all their uh, strange contraptions. <laughs> and uh, the other the other gentleman of House Kunderak, he's just going to nod toward them. Hey, I think I think one of them's uh, putting one of those devices up right now. Uh, this will this will be good. Some of these devices backfire spectacularly. Here, uh, I'll, I'll I'll cover you. And he kind of starts pushing his way through. Excuse me, excuse me, House Representative. Thank you. And everybody kind of just gets out of the way. Before I continue with this, Eric, would you have uh, gone looking for patronage, or are you kind of sticking to your own? How uh, how is this whole business of Sharn treating uh, treating you? Um. So Nico is uh, pretty nervous and kind of uh, mumbling to himself a little bit, and he's got dew on his shoulder, kind of just like as his little buddy, and cool. he's uh. He's kind of talking to him. He's like, okay, do we're, we're going to do this and we're going to do this right. And we're going to be, we're going to be better than we ever were. And so he's going to go to uh, the house that has the uh, mark of the Sentinel. Okay. He really wants to prove himself as a fighter. Oh, damn. Okay. All right. Interesting. Okay. House Deneth. House, house Deneth Deneth. Denith sounds too much like Denise with a lisp. How about we call it House Deneth? Deneth is fine. Uh, so you walk up to them, and the symbol of House Deneth, it's a, it, it's a steel bull's head with glowing red eyes and steam coming forth from its nostrils um, below a silver anvil uh, surrounded by white ribbons and uh, the form of a gear all contained within a dark blue and slate gray field. So um, their their symbol is uh, standing out um, on this flag held up by a, a pole of iron. And there's a, a number of people, uh, some of them armored, a good portion of them not. Uh, everything from, uh, you know, strapping strapping farm lads who happen to be happening through the city and are gazing at all the all the wonders of the uh, the defenders or blade marks guild. And then you see um, what looks like, you know, Particularly muscular nobles' sons wearing, you know, way too much armor for the occasion. Because you see what look like kind of, you know, dirty mercenaries with their hair combed for once, uh, kind of standing for a chance to prove their prove their worth at the at the defenders or blade marks guild. So, um, you just walk up to the closest guy or survey for a little bit. Um, I think that he would take a second and kind of get a lay of the land before he just walks up to someone. Okay. 
So uh, you see that there are two kind of groups of people. There's a couple of lines, um, but there's the Defender's Guild and the Blademark's Guild. And you you kind of know from your noble knowledge, one is devoted to protection um, and the other to supply mercenaries to the highest bidder. Um, so, you know, one supplies a lot of town watch, house guards, um, personal retinues. Uh, sometimes they'll sell... Uh, some of their best people to adventuring parties uh, for the highest bidder. And then the Blademarks Guild, as it said, just sells mercenaries, and they're known for being the finest sell swords that money can buy. Um, so you see two groups, um, and it looks like both of them have kind of a, uh, a skirmish pit uh, set up. Um, and it looks like they're kind of gathering around and um, testing their their metal and as you get closer you see that the two uh lines or groups of people actually converge and it looks like each one is a member or a prospective member of the blade marks guild squaring off against a prospective member of the defenders guild uh so would you try and find a representative first or are you just going to join a line i uh, would find a representative first okay uh so you walk up to a very very uh let's see I'm gonna I'm gonna think of some representatives here off the top of my head. There's a very very portly man. Um, <clears throat> think, uh, man, I'm trying to think of a good example. Uh, I think of like Spanish conquistador armor, you know, with like yeah. the the helmet with the ridge and the big uh, big pot belly breastplate. Oh, yeah, that mohawk looking thing on his helmet. Yeah, um, and he's got a big not like, uh, not like out of Troy, but like it's kind of like in that like triangle bit on top. Yeah. And uh, he's got a very, a very well-oiled handlebar mustache. Um, and then there's another man, very, uh, he's got a clean-shaven face, uh, classic military brat haircut, um, wearing a, a full suit of chainmail armor, um, standing about six foot three, uh, absolute, absolute clean cut, like the, the sun glints off of his jawline, um, and he's got a, a long sword at his side, and those seem to be the two, the two gentlemen running everything. Um, I think that he would go talk to the, uh, the more portly looking dude. Okay. Well, is this, uh, is this guy human? Yeah. Yeah, he's human. Okay. So he would come up and he would kind of, like, tug at his shirt. Because, <laughs> I mean, Nico is a gnome, and so he is pretty small. And right. he would kind of come up to him and be like, uh, excuse me, sir. Um, what, what are the lines for? Uh, he, he quickly turns around and, like, looks down. Oh, well, it's your first time to one of the fighting pits, is it, little guy? Oh, and he, he notices you're a gnome, and he's like, Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't mean no offense by that. I'm just, um, yep. Yeah, uh, people people bring their kids to these things. It's, uh, we try to keep them away from the fighting rings, but uh, we've had our fair share of, uh, of toddlers join the fray before. <laughs> anyway, what can I do for you? I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of curious how this all works. Uh, well, uh, the, the... Uh, what are the lines for? Oh, the lines! Uh, well, uh, one is for the, uh, the, the Defenders Guild. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's, uh, the gentleman over there. That's, uh, that's Gerald's domain. <laughs> and, uh, uh, my name is, uh, Kirk, and I, uh, I run the Blademarks Guild. Are Kirk and Gerald secretly gay for each other? Uh, no, no. <laughs> Kirk I would ship him. <laughs> Kirk and Gerald, everybody's favorite gay couple. Um, Beefy. 
beefy gay couple. Well, okay, one is beefy in muscle, and one is beefy like a well-marbled side of beef. Um, <laughs> is this so wrong? And, like an otter. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. Um, but uh, he's going to say, well, uh, the, the lines are... Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, I run the Blade Marks Guild, Gerald runs the Defenders Guild, and, uh, there's, there's one line for each of them, and, uh, basically you take your turn, and, uh, you, you get put up against a random opponent, and, uh, well, there you are. Uh, you, you kind of try to prove your worth. It's, uh, it's like a, it's like tryouts, basically. Most like tryouts. Uh, and if you get chosen, then, uh, you know, maybe you get a, maybe you get a sponsorship. I can't remember what I called it earlier. Patronage! That's what it was. Ha! <laughs> Patronage. I... Uh, 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 Kirk can't remember words that I say sometimes. If if I go in hypothetically, if I were to join one of these and get matched up against someone to uh, fight, as it were, and I win, am, am I accepted into any, or how does that work? <laughs> well, uh, it's not quite that simple. I mean, it's kind of like um, you ever, and he seems to kind of hesitate. As if he, like, knows this is a dumb question before he says it, but he's already in the sentence. He's like, you ever play sports? No. Oh, uh, well, it's, um, hmm. Uh, basically think of it as, um, it's kind of like a, kind of like a talent contest, you know, uh, except the talent is, uh, how good you are at fighting. And, uh, if you win, you know, it definitely puts you in a favorable light, but, um... It, it it doesn't guarantee you a spot. I mean, you know, we're just looking for the the best of the best. Uh, we got a we got a good eye uh, on 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 who does who does good and who fights dirty and who's good at what. I mean, some folks who come in for the blade mark skill will probably end up in the defenders guild. You know, it just kind of depends on what kinds of talents you show. Are you uh are you looking to hop in a line? I, I I'm I'm not quite sure yet. Oh no worries. It's a it's a tough decision. Uh, 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 do, you, do you want me to direct you anywhere else? I can I can I can show you to one of the other houses or uh, what? Uh, what are you good at, kid? I think I can find my way. Thank you. All right. Well, it's nice to meet you. What was uh, what was your name? It's it's Nico. Nico. Huh, short, sweet, easy to say. Not a big complicated name. You know, like a uh, like those Scottish sounding, British sounding. You know the the big long names. Anyway. Uh, you, you have a good one. Stay safe. <laughs> Thank you. You, you too. Uh, wander away from him. Okay. Any uh, any house that you're setting your sights on next? Oh no, he's totally gonna jump in one of the lines. <laughs> he just did, he just didn't want to see. He didn't want to have uh, Kirk he's here crazy. see him jump in the line. Excellent. Um, what line do you jump in? Uh, he's gonna jump in the defenders line. Okay. Let's jump to the uh, the elves. So um, you guys are looking to establish diplomatic connections uh, here and there, and the dragon-marked houses are one of the better ways to do that. Um, House Fairland, as we said before, is one of the only houses in uh, the continent of Arenal. And they have, you know, good relations and trades with all of the other houses. But if there's any way to uh, get to a social strata where you can... Find the find the top tier of politicians quickly. It's to get in good with the higher ups of the dragon marked houses. Oh well, I figured Kali is like familiar with the heads of household for the death and the shadow house. 
with her family. Yeah, the the shadow house. Yeah. So she's instantly gonna walk that way and like pay her respects, and she's going to like flutter her coat behind her, put her hand over her chest, and like give a bow. All the ceremonial stuff with, like, the little sly smile because she knows she's been drinking a little too much, but it's the only way she's going to tolerate all this. <laughs> Excellent. How about, uh, how about you, Humana? Are you, uh, are you following Humana your sister or are you doing your own shit? avoiding her sister and is going to go see if she can talk to people from House Jurasco. Okay. Nice. The House of Healing? Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um... So we'll we'll start with a quick interaction with uh, Kalida, um, and your your brother Arcturus is with you. Um, Excellent, and also Mr. Whiskers. Mr. Mr. Fucking is that your dog? That's the dog. Mr. Mr. Whiskers. I got I, him when I was only like twenty. Name it, Mr. Whiskers. Baby. Mr. Whiskers, the skeleton dog. Who, who ironically he have whiskers right now. Yeah, he ironically has no whiskers. We drew it on the bone with charcoal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, you you walk up to the elves of House Fierlon, um, and one of them is going to bow slightly. He's one of the uh, he's one of the the darker skinned elves that you know are essentially ex drow. Um, through the process of um, uh, there's a lot of them in House Shorlan, the ones that kind of alchemically modify the skin. Um, because there are ways to help the drow become more resistant to sunlight. Drow are very, very, very rare anywhere else. And so he wouldn't really be seen as one. Uh, but there are some drow who somehow don't ally with Kyber the dragon below and uh, come up to Aranol seeking, you know, shelter or a different way of life. Um, so you recognize him as one of them, uh, partially because of undeath and partially because they're not totally immune to the sun. Uh, he's, despite the hot, uh, late summer weather, he's still wearing a very long uh, hooded black cloak. Uh, standing next to him is a, a bronze-skinned high elf wearing gold-plated armor and carrying a long scimitar with a, a rodent skull set into the top of the handle. The drow one is going to kind of bow, bow his head slightly toward you. It is good to see more of our kind in this city. You've strayed far from home. You're not a member of the Shadow House, is this a house business, or have we uh, done something to upset the Undying Court? There is no upset. There is only friendship here. I just came to pay my respects, as your pay- er, as your house has greatly been- You seem to be struggling with words. Have you been drinking, young lady? <laughs> only a little bit. I'm not exactly a fan of the heat. I see. Uh, well- I am certain. And then he kind of looks up and he sees uh, your brother walking up behind you. He's, he's taken some of, like, like his helmet and his uh, waist, waist thing. What are those called? The fucking, like, like a, it's like an armor kilt. Can't remember what that part is called. Either, either way, he's taken a good, a good couple pieces of his, uh, of his armor off, but he's still wearing the, the breastplate and the greaves and the, um, and uh, holding his helmet under his arm. And all of his armor is, like, jet black with red inlay. And so he sees your brother walk up and immediately, like, kind of halts talking to you and, like, kind of bows his head, and so does the other elf once he notices, and they say, Welcome. Welcome, Order of the Deathless. I am honored to be in your presence. And your brother simply, like, nods in their direction. 
I was merely talking to your sister here about uh, why why you have come. Are we expending diplomatic ties? I I was not made aware of this decision as a patron in this city of House Fjernan. Ah, uh, I believe it was a family decision of ours. Our parents sent us. It was just our family trying to expand our ties and businesses for the benefit of our house. He kind of nods and, you know, gives the, hmm, not bad smirk. Um, and then you see the, the corner of his mouth upturn just a tiny, tiny bit, and he's like, well, definitely a, an off-base decision. I'm sure the undying court will be interested in those sorts of decisions. Well, we welcome you to the city. If you are going to be establishing a diplomatic ties, might I suggest House Lirendar or House Caneth both have an incredibly high presence in the city. Uh, House Caneth has more industrial and merchant contacts, but uh, House Lirendar is a bit classier. You'll tend to find more of the, uh, the folk of refinement in their rank. Well, when in Rome, do both. You hear your brother just kind of sigh heavily, and he's going to pat you on the shoulder and turn around. I'm going to find something a little more interesting to do. Okay. And uh, you, Jimena, uh, you walked over to House Jurasco? Yes. Okay. Uh, so the the House of Healing uh, is almost entirely halflings. And uh, a good portion of them, halflings are a tribal people. Um, they live mostly on the Talenta Plains, um, and they have large uh, plains reptiles that they have managed to uh, train and convert. Uh, basically, they're halfling dinosaur riders, and uh, they're they're very revered. You said I couldn't have a dinosaur. That's because there's no dinosaurs in my campaign setting. There's dinosaurs in Eberron. I'm bitter. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, so some of them are wearing, uh, like, traditional tribal fare and uh, some, are, some are wearing city clothes. But uh, yeah, you see a couple a couple tents set up. Uh, one has a lot of like potions and brews and stuff like that. And a couple of uh, a couple of the halflings are wearing pure white robes uh, that you recognize as worshiping the uh, the, the goddess of, of healing and life and birth. But yeah, they're all just kind of milling about. There's a good number of people who've uh, come for healing services. Uh, you notice a lot of like uh, beggars or like farm workers who are you know on crutches or whatever. Whenever House Jurasco has a lot of healers gathered in one place, it, it's quite the occasion because uh, you know people who sometimes can't afford healing elsewhere or aren't quite getting enough from their local clerics will uh, will line up for House Jurasco patronage ceremonies. What do you what do you do? Uh, Himena will probably just walk up and ask them if there's anything she can do to help. Aww. Um, so you walk up, um, and the first halfling you meet is, uh, one of the ones wearing the, the white robes. And as you approach, uh, she finishes, uh, gently bandaging an arm, uh, of a, a farmhand who's sitting there. Um, and you see a decent amount, like, you can kind of smell the cloying scent of infection. And, uh, you see she's, uh, removing a bandage from his arm, uh, that as the layers go away is caked with, like, very, very old dried blood and some pus. And when she opens it up, the, the wound is weeping and gangrenous. And so she, uh, she kind of holds up her finger towards you as if to have you wait for a moment. And she, uh, she kind of tisks at the man. You should have come and seen us sooner. And uh, the guy kind of shrugs. Well, if I could afford a silver piece for a healer, I would have. 
And you, you, you see her kind of jaw drop and she shakes her head. Silver piece for a basic wound healing. It's the world coming to. Hold still. And she uh, puts some salve on it and she wraps up, wraps it back up in a bandage. And then she touches it and hums lightly under her breath. And the bandage glows for a moment. Um, and then you see the bandage just kind of dissolve into ashes. And there's a clean, uh, surrounded by gunk still, but there's a clean pink scar where the, the wound used to be. So the man nearly in tears, like, you know, ferociously shakes her hand, which, considering, you know, she's like the size of a six-year-old child, shakes her entire body up and down a little bit. And then he kind of walks off, swinging his arm like uh, he hasn't been able to in weeks, which he probably hasn't. Um, so she's then going to, to turn to you. And uh, what what would your business be? Would you like healing? And she kind of stops and uh, and looks at your garb. And uh, do you do you wear the symbol of your house? Yeah. I don't see why not. So um, she she sees the she sees the the symbol of your house on your body or wherever it is, and she kind of takes pause for a moment, and looks at you skeptically. I've I I don't think I've ever had the pleasure of uh, helping one of the the elves of Aranol. Um, what what brings you to our to our tent? Um, I I thought I might be able to help. I guess. Um, and you see her mouth kind of, like, hanging half open a little bit, and the kind of, like, um... And, uh, you, you, you feel almost a little sheepish, because you don't know exactly what you were expecting with, uh, your, your reputation coming up to a, <clears throat> a healer's tent with clerics of House Jurasco. But, um, uh, if I, I suppose, uh, what... Where, what, what kind of help are you looking to uh, offer? I don't know. I thought maybe you could use an extra pair of hands. Uh, I mean, I, we could could always use an extra pair of hands. Sure. I, I are you a are you a healer? Uh, not really. Okay. Um. Well, I. Uh, you know, honestly, it takes a lot of time uh, going back and forth and fetching bandages and salves. I'm, I'm, I'm almost out of uh, bandage fabric here. If, if you wouldn't mind, I'd, I mean, if you don't mind manual labor, I, I, I hate to impose upon the high elves of Aranol like uh, common servants. I, uh, but if it's, if it's not uh, below your station, I suppose you could uh, grab some bandages out of the, the tent back there for me. See, if, see if any of the other healers need sure. clean water. Sure, I can uh, do that. All right. Uh, yeah, that helped me greatly. That means I can get to the next person. I, uh, thank you. And she seems quite quizzical. Uh, and as you as you go to the the tent to grab the bandage, she kind of like watches you go with this quizzical look on her face, then shakes her head, exchanges looks with a couple of the other other clerics and healers, and then uh, goes and starts tending to the to the next wounded person. So you spend how how long were you going to spend over there? Like, were you kind of looking for patronage or just kind of? Seeing, seeing what you could do to help, and kind of taking it from there. Kind of just seeing where this goes. Okay, it it kind of seems like almost a deliberate like opposition to your family. You're just like, hmm, fuck you guys. I'm gonna go to the House of Life and Healing. That is totally what just happened through my mind. So <laughs> yes, excellent. Uh, so you spend the next. I mean, it's. It's weirdly, weirdly rewarding, um, and kind of, you know, it's a very stressful situation for you, especially as high-strung as you are, being in this, you know, foreign city next to no elves with your embarrassingly gothic siblings, 
and you're trying your best to avoid thinking about the whole situation. And so, you know, running back and forth and fetching bandages and buckets of water, you know, it's it's occupying and mindless work, and you feel like you're doing a good job and doing something well. And before you know it, several hours have passed by, and you've set your, you know, your, your fine cloak and, you know, several of your other fineries down on a table uh, in one of the healing tents and rolled up your sleeves and just been running back and forth doing errands for these healers and whatever you know weird apprehensive attitude there was towards you has mostly melted away um especially with the 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 healer that you first encountered um who she tells you her name is ulara she just continues asking for your services and uh time continues on in this fashion and she'll until she finally like you know noticing that you're sweating uh profusely running back and forth in the the hot late summer air just kind of all right all right you're you're doing fantastically, but you need it. Just sit down, take a take a break for a little bit. Here, have a have a cup. And she uh, then kind of looks at it and goes, "Oh, damn! That's the that's the washing water. Hold on." And she touches the side of the cup and casts purify food and drink, and it immediately becomes cool, crystal clear, filtered water. Basically, it's like a magical Brita. And so she uh, she hands you the cup and tells you to go sit down. Okay. <clears throat> sure. And we go now to Edmund fucking Chudwell. Edmund Chudwell just noticed that lady burn a spell slot. He's taking a mental note of it. <laughs> um, I I actually had a question. So you said that I received a letter inviting me here. Who was the letter addressed to? Because if it was Edmund Chudwell, I wouldn't have received it. Um, do you have do you have like an alias you've been going by? I feel like I do, but I don't know what it is. Like, I feel like that's the only sensible thing is that I have an alias, but I, I didn't really think of that. How about, how about, uh, uh Chudmund Elwell? <laughs> that is the best <laughs> alias ever. Typing it so I don't forget it? Um, okay. I think Edmund's just been kind of standing, looking at all the people, like, conflagrating into the areas and, uh, con not conflagrating. They're not on fire. Um, <laughs> you are conflagrating. You stand and spontaneously and having, combust, attracting lots of attention. He has multiple avenues he's thinking about. So, for one, there's the healers, obviously. Like there maybe a connection through there. Second <laughs> is maybe I just know somebody in one of these houses as like a contact or like someone I knew in my previous life. And the third is that I'm thinking. I'm stuck in this age. Maybe I could cash in on this and go after that fucking other hotel chain owning ass fucking halflings and uh, get in with them. <laughs> uh, house, um, fuck. Uh, house Galanda. Either join the competitors or get all their information so when I get back in my damn body, I can uh, usurp them. Oh man, I, I love the level of ego you have where in a 14-year-old child's body, you are eventually going to usurp House Galanda, the dragon-marked house of hospitality. It's, and it's... possibly just as a 14-year-old child, so everyone just thinks I'm all sweet and shit. <clears throat> on, on brand. Ridiculously on brand. So, I think uh, I've just been talking to Tomas about it. I like asking what he thinks. Well, um, House Galand is not a bad bet. I mean, as someone who's been uh, <laughs> running running your hotels pretty much uh, single-handedly the past few years, I'd have to say we've uh, we've got our hospitality business um, basically down. But uh, you, you know, we could we could probably learn a thing or two from House Galanda. I I don't know that I'd 
yeah, take on the dragon marked houses, but you know, I, uh, I've learned to never, never underestimate the Chudwell, uh, business savvy. Sorry, the, the Elwell business savvy. And I, I mean, if you're going for the whole childhood genius, arcane genius thing, depends on whether you're concerned with, uh, reputation or money. I don't know. I feel like maybe something, uh, something a little more arcanely focused might not be a bad idea for you, considering we're trying to figure out a way to make it not so awkward for me, a grown man, to be standing here talking to a unrelated 14-year-old. Um, that's, that's my you two know, cents. You know, Tomas, it, you don't always have to be next to me. I just want you here, you know, around. So if I, if I, if I need you, you're here. I'm not saying you have to stick, stand by me at all hours of the day. Well, I mean, that's fair, but, um, I, uh, you're, Kind of easy to lose in a crowd these days. <laughs> also, how has no one come up to us and asked us, you know, to show us around? This is crazy. Well, I mean, you're uh, you're far from the only uh, invited student uh, to uh, to Margrave College, so you know, I um, I think we might be uh, over overestimating our. And at this point, uh, you hear a voice in the distance, Chadmund, Chadmund Elwell, I presume. And uh, a man with a, a blue cloak, a heavy silver necklace around his neck, depicting um, two tentacles uh, threaded together uh, with an ear, a dangling earring uh, of a lightning bolt on a chain uh, walking towards you. He's a half-elf man. And you recognize uh, the symbolism of House Lirandar, the house with the mark of the storm, uh, coming towards you. And what were they all about again? Uh, they are, they're the ones that can basically control the weather. Got you. Uh, I, I just, I, the mound of petticoats turns towards this man <laughs> and, and waves him, and waves him down. There you are. Fantastic. Uh, oh, you're, you've got to be roasting your ass off. Pardon my, pardon my, uh, impropriety. You've got to be, uh, absolutely burning up in all those layers. Are you, are you sure I can't? I could, I could take you by the shop, get you something a little more comfortable. I, I lean over to him and just touch his clothing and press the digitation in that shit to be a little bit colder. <laughs> and be like, how's, how's that treating you? <laughs> I would have expected no less from the, uh, the supposed child, child genius of, uh, well, where, wherever you're from. You're, you're shrouded in mystery, you, uh, Shudmund. Tell me, tell me, a boy of your arcane talents. What are you? What are you thinking about doing here at Margrave University? And he kind of puts a puts a hand on your back, and um, you know, kind of starts uh, starts walking you around at a at a brisk stroll. If you go with him, uh, I let him just kind of like guide me around. Okay. Um, but I kind of look at him, and I'm like, well, I see these halflings over here, and they seem oh so hospitable. I, I mean, there's something I could look into. They are, they are hospitable enough. That's, that's for sure. Uh, you know, I, I see the, uh, I see the attraction. I really do. Uh, you know, I feel like hospitality is one thing, and they've, they've got some pretty unique methods. But um, a boy of your reputed arcane talents, I mean, especially at your age, there's a lot of things you could do. Uh, you know, it's, especially House Lirandar. I mean, we're, we're among the most arcane of the dragon-marked houses. Have you have you ever heard? Have you ever heard of the Windrights Guild, perchance? Maybe, but why don't you refresh me? I mean, imagine standing, if you will, upon a galleon, 
I mean, it could be it could be one of the the most foremost trade merchants, and believe me, some of the richest trade merchants in the region definitely go through our house. Uh, but one of the richest trade merchants sailing, you know, with the finest silks and spices, and I don't know whatever the hell else that rich trade merchants sell. But you're standing on the bow of this galley, out in the middle of the sea, the salt breeze moving through your short little hair, and all of a sudden the wind dies. You're dead in the water. The sailors are panicking. Everyone doesn't know what to do, and then you, a proud member of House Lirandar, simply raise your hand and whistle a bit, and lo and behold, the winds come from the east, fill the sails, and you've saved the day and probably gotten rich in the process. That's what the Windrights Guild does. As I said, a boy of your arcane talents, I feel like calling the winds would probably come second nature to you, given enough training. Oh, of course it would. But let me ask you another question. What if, on this same situation, the boat comes to a stop, one of those fancy little tentacles you're wearing comes from below the surface and yanks the boat down? What do you do then? Well, the uh, the tentacles are a mark of our house for a reason. Uh, we have the capability to speak to the beasts of the deep. So, I mean, you know, you get, you get high enough up in rank, you start learning the secrets of uh, commanding the, uh, the krakens and the... I mean... The, the highest members of House Lirandar, uh, and he, he kind of bends down and whispers in your ear, I'm, I'm only supposed to tell this to strongest potential recruits, but the highest members of House Lirandar, if this tempts you any further, often accompany undercover war vessels, sometimes even submariners. You, you, you know, you know the Kyotoa, dude, uh, under, underwater, you know, fishmen, absolute savages. They run like I, I don't know what things run away like um they run away real fast when they see a ship with the emblazoned mark of house Lirandar. well that's that's a little intense for me i think well you you think on it you think on it and uh i oh, will think on it there's a there's quite a quite a display going on over there here uh i you know i love watching house kenneth's uh House Caneth's contraptions. Let's uh let's go take a look you ever heard of house Caneth? house in making make all sorts I of have, funky things with gears Let's move on quickly, and as he turns away, I literally just go the other direction. <laughs> Let's see, Torbjorn, um, you are wandering, uh, wandering with the aid of your merchant towards, uh, this, this supposed, uh, spectacle that's going to happen uh the uh the merchant kind of walks up into the circle and then he takes one look at the thing uh that's being set up in the middle this weird contraption is just like ah oh, it's just another one of these well uh sorry to sorry to disappoint you it's not uh, not quite as fun as i thought it was gonna be one of what oh it's just um here uh watch watch this it's uh <laughs> He's gonna take a couple of those tubes there, and you see the the kid that built this thing kind of uh, pouring some some random dusts and stuff into this uh, metal canister, and he loads it into like this little door in the bottom of what looks like a, a gear driven cylinder pointing straight upwards, and then um, he simply touches a rune on the uh, on the side of the object, and it begins rumbling, and then shoots this metal canister into the air, which explodes into fireworks. Whoa. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, once you've seen one, you've seen them all. Uh, and then you hear uproarious laughter coming from the direction 
of House Deneth. Uh, you see uh, something something is going on in the fighting pits over there. So uh, the, uh, the gentleman's going to turn and go, <laughs> That looks like something interesting. <laughs> Maybe you should try your hand in the fighting pits. Be very interested. Let's, um, go, let's go take a look. Awesome. Um, and you find yourself making your way over there too as well, uh, Mr. Mr. Chudmond, as uh, that was kind of the, the opposite direction of uh, where the other gentleman was going. And then uh, in taking a break, you're incapable of sitting down Jimena, uh, due to your, your personality, you can't sit down for probably more than three minutes before, despite your despite your better inclinations, um, you decide to go try and find what havoc your, your sister and brother are wreaking. And you see the tall, stately form of your sister moving towards um, what appears to be a set of fighting pits underneath uh, the symbol of what you recognize as House Denith, uh, the Mark of the Sentinel. And you... Uh, decided you were going to go find your brothers after shooting some, uh, or your brother after shooting some disappointing shit with, uh, with some of the members of the other houses. Um, and you have found him. Eric. You hopped in line. And, uh, finally, uh, your, your turn came. How are you, how are you feeling about this? Like, there's one guy ahead of you, and you're watching these guys, like, either engage in, you know, like, the, the cat-and-mouse fencing-type business of, you know, uh, skirt, skirting each other and looking for openings. Some of them are just blatantly bashing each other. Um, and the one guy in front of you heads into the pit. How are you feeling? Um, so he's, like, wringing he's his hands together, and he's sitting there. He's like, am I really about to do this? And he's like, no, I have to do this. This is, this is the right thing to do. There's only one way for me to get stronger. He's trying to psych himself up. Okay, uh, the guy in front of you kind of got his uh, his butt handed to him, and you are next up in the pit. Um, you look over and you see a kind of scrawny-looking human man with uh, roughed-up, greasy hair. Uh, he's not wearing any armor, uh, you know, kind of a loose-hanging shirt, and uh, he appears to just have a simple wooden buckler and uh, and a dagger. And you have your trusty sword that I gave you, as well as whatever whatever armor you picked up or didn't pick up. That sword, by the way, uh, was the last thing your stepfather uh, gave you before uh, you left. Um, he kind of just left it uh, wrapped up with a note that said, you know, this this served me well through a lot of trying times. May it help you out as you, uh, you make, you know, some reference to, you know, facing your future, or, you know, battling your education or, you know, some some war analogy. Uh, it sounds like it'd come from a, you know, inspirational teen Bible. So, uh... <laughs> And this guy kind of, you know, looks over at you. He smirks a little bit and he's getting ready to enter when all of a sudden you hear, you know, kind of a hush fall over the line behind you. And um, the uh, gentleman known as Gerald simply like uh, steps up, bows his head towards a figure approaching. And as you turn around, you see a very, very tall elven man clad in black and red lined plate mail um, with a very gaunt like almost zombie looking face like it's disturbing to look at but his eyes burn with a bright quiet ferocity and Gerald walks up to him and simply nods his head I am honored to be in the presence of one of the Aranol Deathless the, this man simply nods and looks over towards the pits if you'll have me alright yes um, you can step up against the next contestant hey, uh, hey Jimbo step back and uh, the guy whose name is presumably Jimbo or not kind of like spits in the ring and steps back a little bit, uh, loath to let this 
a pompous ass up. And he enters the ring, waiting for the next opponent. How are you feeling now, Nico? Uh, even worse than before. <laughs> He's horrifying. Like, so you reluctantly start walking towards the ring, and that is when... And you just about die at this point. That is when the aforementioned uproarious laughter that attracted the past couple players erupts. Um, and, you know, you see some of the folks kind of, like, hitting each other in the elbow, like, knock it off, give the kid a chance. Um, but a good portion of people, uh, like, you even see Gerald, like, with this thin, like, smile, kind of suppressing a chuckle. And this enormous elf walks up to you, and he pulls out a um, an elven longblade, which is basically a scimitar the length of a greatsword. And he steps up and embeds it in the sand directly in front of you and looks down you are small, yet you come to face me. This is honorable. May you fight well. And he extends like this huge mailed hand down to shake yours. Um, at that point, Nico will like shakily put his hand as high up as reaches. So he, he has to bend down a little bit, but he shakes your shakily outstretched hand and walks to the other end of the ring. A roll initiative, please. All of us? Uh, just just those two for now. Um, what? And now you walk up just in time to see your brother step into the ring. What? Uh, both, both you, Kalita, and Jimena, like, do you guys do anything? I'm just going to roll my eyes and be like, I can't take him anywhere. I can't take him anywhere. He's worse than you. This is a PR nightmare. Everything was going well. I gave them wine. I, I shared the wine. My own business, at least. <gasps> He's not here on business. He's gonna kill that poor little gnome, and then we're gonna have to raise him and explain it, and it's gonna be a nightmare. <laughs> oh God! What are you thinking? So, what was your initiative, Eric? Uh, that would be a twelve. Okay. Uh, you go first. So you're standing in about a 60 foot by 60 foot pit of sand. Okay, so, um, he is, uh, he's kind of, like, shaking there a little bit, and, uh, what he's going to do is he's going to start off by, uh, looking over at, uh, Dew, who is kind of perched on his shoulder. He says, okay, Dew, I know that, uh, we haven't practiced much, but I know that you can do this, and, uh, He's going to use a bonus action to have Dew cast out a uh, ranged spell attack roll against this guy. Oh shit, okay. I want to cast Bane on my brother. You cast Bane on your brother? So he has to subtract 1d4 on every attack or save for the duration. (laughs) So what was your roll, Eric? 16. It does not hit. So what what does that look like? this like purple blast that just goes like a little bit wide so uh this this purple blast goes a little bit wide he kind of looks at it as it passes dodges like a little bit out of the way and then you see like this weird purple light surround him for like just a second um and he turns and looks kind of like over his shoulder towards uh, another tall kind of frightening looking elven woman I'm glaring woman. at him I'm glaring at him I'm not even hiding the fact I'm doing this I'm pissed at him how dare he <laughs> Then he's going to, as a move action, draw out a uh, wand that he has just, like, at his belt. 
and he is going to cast a firebolt at him. Okay, is that a ranged spell attack, or does that hit? It's a ranged spell attack as well. Okay, so go ahead and roll. Uh, how about a 21? That hits. And that is going to do nine points of damage. Hell yeah. So you pull out this wand, shoot it oh, forward, fuck. and uh, this uh, this wand is shooting fire, and uh, Nero, you see like this blast, you know, you're kind of wandering around, kind of uh, wondering when you get to go back to the university and uh, see your books. Are you thinking about patronage at all? Nope, there's too many people here. Nah, it's time to the library. Here I go. <laughs> so like you're at the same time, though, when I, it, like, do I see a blast? Do I see a streak of light? Coming? Oh, yeah. Well, and right before this happened, too, there were, like, fireworks uh, that got shot up from the, the kid at House Caneth. Uh, so you kind of go wandering in that direction. You're like, okay, you know, maybe this is signaling the end of the ceremony, and maybe I can find a provost or a professor or someone who can take me back to the library. Um, and then as people are cheering there, you hear this, you know, laughter followed by chanting and then you see like this streak of like firelight go through uh this this empty circle in between a, a ring of chanting people um so you approach i'm guessing mm-hmm. and uh you see the the same thing everybody else sees as they kind of shoulder their way through to the the front of this crowd you see this enormous elven man faced by like this tiny gnome with a metal spidery looking thing on his shoulder pulls out a wand and just blasts this unsuspecting guy right in the chest. So what is what is everybody thinking of this? I guess we already know everybody else, but uh, Chudmund and uh, Torbjorn and uh, Nero, what are what, what do you guys think of this spectacle? Kind of look at it, I'm like, and just kind of, like, the character would probably, like, just look around for a minute. It's like, isn't this a fighting duel? I, I think... It, it's a fight. I didn't. I, I. I didn't inquire the rules. So I don't know if there's anything against it, but specifically, Edmund thinks it's a bit bland. And I think from like this moment, he's just kind of like casting prestigitation to like make sparks fly when things hit, or like <laughs> little like little just little like little visual things to add to the fight from just his perspective. Like, oh, that would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. How about you, Torbjorn? What's your opinion? I would probably be super fascinated and, like, want get, to get in on it as soon as I possibly can. Alrighty. Um, so, at this point, people aren't paying a whole lot of attention, um, and things have kind of fallen uh, fallen apart as far as the lines and the construction go. It's now just, like, this chanting ring standing around them. So, Arcturus, who just got hit in the chest with this bolt... Fucking deserved it. <laughs> ...is going to uh, kind of straighten up a little bit just kind of look at you for a moment and um, just say you do not battle as I expected and he's going to uh, he's just going to kind of nod down to your belt your blade is very strong mine is simply very large and with alarming speed he pulls this elven great blade out and makes a lunge at you Oh no. That's a confirmed critical. Cool. I'm dead. <laughs> um, so that's actually only 12 points of damage, believe it or not. Okay. Pretty out. <laughs> so that was a that was a light crit that was a that was a pretty light critical, but at level uh at level three as a casting class, that's probably not great. So what does that what does that put you at? 
I'm at 14 out of 26. Okay. Um, so yeah, he darts forward and just like sweeps your feet out from under you. Uh, sand flies and so do you. Uh, you barely manage to catch yourself on your on your feet and hands. Um, do oh, like Johnny. flies up off of your shoulder, just whee, lands lands on the sand next to you and quickly skitters back up towards your towards your hip, and it kind of clings to your belt. And uh, you you feel like a th- deep throbbing in like your ankles and knees, and you can feel uh, feel a little bit of blood like starting to uh, trickle down into your shoe. Now it is your turn. That guy's a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, I'm assuming he's right next to me, so I'm going to drop my wand and draw out that frostbrand short sword and look at him and say, well, if, if it's a proper fight, I think that we're a little bit unmatched. Fight is in the spirit, if you desire it. Uh, and so uh, with that, um, I'll say, okay, do now and have do take another bonus action to uh, shoot out another Eldritch Blast at him. This guy's got everything on me and I'm like nothing to him. That is going to be a 21 to hit. That hits again. So this is where it gets fun because uh, this is more damage than normal. Uh, that's seven points of damage. Then, um, I will take a swing with my short sword. Fifteen to hit. Womp womp. So he gets, uh, he gets blasted in the face by this ball and steps back. I, I, I think you, having not really fought anyone, let alone someone this size, uh, underestimate the length of his stride as he steps backwards from the blow and you swing and just completely fall, like, a whole foot short. And then he's going to write himself and roll a... Oh, and I gotta subtract a d4, don't I? Mm-hmm. From Bane. So that is a 22. Minus 3 is 19. Does a 19 hit you? Yes, yes it does. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I tried. That's 11 points of damage. Okay, I am uh, not doing great. You hear him. You hear him kind of grunt, and um, he steps forward, just almost casually, and then uh, brings the flat of the blade sideways into your shoulder, Where and you from? feel, huh? Where are we from? Aranal. Brother. You you go flying like three feet sideways as the flat of the blade like smashes into your shoulder and sends you sprawling. And he's going to he's going to kind of shout over his sister. I am in battle. But we are not an heir at all. He's beat nearly to death. You can stop. I believe that is the man's decision. And he looks down at you. Do you wish to cease? Uh, Nico will look up at him and kind of like stagger to his feet and say, I refuse. A brave decision. It's your turn. I, he can die. <laughs> He's gonna do the same thing. He's going to take a swing with his sword. Okay. He's 17 to hit on that round. So you swing your sword with all your mites, and it just kind of like chings off the side of his like masterwork plate armor. But uh, sparks sparks fly a little bit, 
and you think that your force just hit with such power and part of it was because it legitimately because of its nature froze part of his armor and the other part is because Edmund Chudwell is sitting in the background just like he finally hit this is the chance and like sparks fucking fly everywhere and people are just like ooh oh he, uh, he, he does take a little step sideways and he's just like that was a good hit and he's going to um take a free action to drop his sword in the sand and he's just going to make an unarmed strike and that is a 18 to hit that'll do it uh that is 8 points of damage and Nico goes down (laughs) so he simply like he, he walks up and uh, as you pull your sword back defensively, barely able to hold it up because of the pain in your shoulder, he simply uh, drops his sword, and you're just like, are you fucking serious right now? And then he just lays a mailed fist directly into your chest, and you hit the sand. You're in the negative, yeah? Uh, yeah, but okay. the way the death saves work in this is it's, it's 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 non-lethal. Like, the last few were non-lethal, so he okay. just knocked you unconscious. Okay. I have Spare the Dying as a cantrip, so... Okay. Yeah, he's not dying. Um, so, uh, Jimena, your your brother, is going to walk up and uh, kind of just pick him up, heft him un- uh, under his arm like a sack of potatoes, and then is uh, going to pick up the, the little artificer majig, which tries to, uh, you know, run around and angrily zap at him, uh, but he kind of picks it up and closes his fist around it. Um, quite gently, and then uh, just with completely benign purpose, walks over and uh, sets him at the edge of the ring. Kind of does the dusting his hands thing, and um, then apparently this was enough to slake him because he's going to turn to the ring and just say, "The small one fought nobly. Who else wishes to try?" Um, and Humana, at this point, you uh, realize as, you know, you're probably about having a fucking panic attack, that you still have, um, one of the healing potions, uh, from House Jurasco in your, uh, side pocket. Yeah, I'm gonna go run over to the gnome. The gnome. Uh, and basically try to force this potion down his throat. Nice. It doesn't take a whole lot of force- All the while forcing. glaring at my brother. <laughs> We have a common enemy. For once, you we guys agree, agree on the fact that your brother's once. a fucking dick. Uh, every, like, nobody in the crowd is willing to step up with this guy. He kind of, like, chuckles to himself. Um, so unless any of you guys want to get in the ring and fight him. I, I would like to, I would like to step up and I'd try to fight him. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Um... So you step into the ring, roll this initiative. Fun. <laughs> do you say anything, or do you just like step on in? Uh, yeah, I'll step on in and says this. The say like this looks fun. <laughs> chunky, <laughs> chunky dwarf walks in. Just this looks fun. <laughs> Spits on the ground. I got a ten. Oh uh, well, you still beat this motherfucker who rolled a one. Couldn't roll a one during my fight. I know, right? Kalita, you're going to feel a uh, a hand on your on your shoulder suddenly behind you. She's not afraid of things touching her suddenly from the dark, so she's gonna turn around and just see who it is, just like dead eyed, trying to hide how just 
utterly angry she is. So uh, you you see a man with a kind of uh, think think kind of little finger esque. If Littlefinger was like composed but greasy, mm, um, don't like him. He's got the, he's got the little pointy goatee, um, but he's uh, he's wearing splendid red robes um, with golden cogs embroidered on them, and he's just going to uh, to look at you. Uh, pardon me, my lady, uh, Baron Merrick's decaneth, and he's going to extend his hand. She'll take it. Just... It is an honor to have the elves of Erinol here among us. Is that? Uh, a relation of yours in the ring? Much to my chagrin at that moment, at this moment, th- that is my brother. Well, if he seeks patronage from House Deneth, I dare say he most likely has it. Although I doubt you would stoop to being mere mercenaries. Uh, listen, uh, simply due to status, I would like to invite you and your siblings to the uh, House Caneth Estates in the upper floors of Sharn for sort of a a meet and greet, I suppose. We are not honored, usually, by actual members of houses from uh, Erinol. Most of them are simply the, the usual from House Fjerlan. So I would, I would love to talk to someone who isn't wearing another face behind their hat, if you, if you get my meaning. You may feel free to join us uh, any time tonight. Simply look for the... Um, <laughs> my, my grandnephew uh, builds those silly firework machines. He comes in looking for patronage with one each year. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, sim- simply look for that. He'll be shooting them off all night, partially as a hobby and, and partially because I throw him a couple of copper just to do it whenever we have a party. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds delightful. Would we would be honored? Excellent, excellent. And you would uh, you would meet my the higher lady of my house as well if we're blessed. So oh. um, I I look forward to seeing you. Uh, and tell your brother he is more than welcome to remove his armor. He, <laughs> he won't. But. Oh. I'm sure he appreciates the sentiment. He's uh, he's, he's going to nod very well, and he's uh, going to walk over to you, Humana, and uh, you've you've fed this potion, and now the the gnome sits up, kind of spluttering. Um, and before this conversation commences, you go first, Chuck. What does uh, what does Torbjorn Barrelman do? Uh, I'm gonna pull out my my great axe. Oh shit! I am just gonna take a swing. Nice. Uh, go ahead and roll then. Better than I did. Natural twenty. <laughs> oh, You're kidding me. Wait. So it was a total of twenty or a natural twenty? Total of twenty. Oh, total of twenty. Okay. Um, that hits. Sixteen damage. <laughs> Holy shit, are you kidding? I don't think so. A D12 plus five. You you step in, and uh, this this man looks down at you. Indeed, fun is a word for it. And he, he bends down with, like, amazing speed to pick up his sword and make a lunge at you. And with just as amazing of speed, in one single, like, swinging movement... You heft this great axe from off your back and manage to bring the blade of it down right into the top of his shoulder as he's standing up from picking up his sword. Chuck, I'm going to cast Shield of Faith on you. So you have plus two AC for the duration for ten minutes. Hot shit. Thanks, Kill him. Plus um, two AC? Plus two AC. This is not the first time she's played games against her brother. Yeah. So... <laughs> So he's um he's he's going to like 
almost go down like a fucking pancake. Like, he was not expecting you to be... Like, you know, you walk up, you're not particularly intimidating, you know, a well-groomed, well-braided dwarf and, you know, white-plated armor. You look like, you look like a rich kid with a big axe. Um, and you just fucking drive it into his shoulder, and he nearly flattens completely. And um, you hear the clang of metal, and you very rarely heard your brother's armor bend, uh, either Humana or uh, Kalita. But... God damn if that armor didn't just bend and spark. Um, Edmund Chudwell, anything particularly cool you do for this? Um, Extra blood? Um, yeah. Well, I kind of thought, like, a sound effect, but I realized that doesn't really play in the world as well. I mean, <laughs> you could like you could totally do a sound yeah. effect. <laughs> okay, like, as he the ground. Actually, no, I'll just do, like, a small, like, tremor as he smacks against the ground from, like, the accident again. Just, like, a small, like, shake. Oh shit! Like every everyone can feel like that. That was like a a graviton hit. God, this is like a this is like a a three D video game experience. Like you're oh you're, yeah, and with the ice blade a second ago, that definitely had some some cold mist coming off it when it was swung. Hell yeah, like, stuff like that. Like just some super anime shit. So as far as you know, um, you just brought your axe down on this guy so hard that the fucking city of Sharn shook. And you guys just, like, see your brother nearly laid the fuck out. I'm smiling. Um, Jimena, are you doing anything? Other than uh, other than nursing to this, uh, this gnome. I think I'm on the edge of a panic attack already. My head whips around. And I'm just like, oh my god, my brother's gonna die. This freaking gnome is gonna die who the hell is this guy that's talking to me what the fuck is my sister doing their brother can't die right like he's the Uh, undying i mean he could be destroyed yeah that's not likely though not in this arena so um likely but still like (laughs) i'm on the edge of a panic attack everything's blown out of proportion anyway so you know i'm just letting him get punished and maybe assisting am i back to consciousness uh yeah yeah you are you are spluttering back to consciousness. Is he on the ground at this point? Uh, he hasn't been completely laid out. Like he nearly got pancaked, but now he's staggering backwards, blood streaming from the the crack in his armor. Okay. Can I do an insight to see how wise I think this big beefcake man is? Uh sure, go ahead. Got a thirteen. Uh, you would say he has a fairly average wisdom score. Okay, then I'm gonna cast Charm Person on him. <laughs> oh shit! All right. Um. So Torbjorn, this guy is like gushing, gushing blood, and you notice it's less gushing and more like it's this kind of thick Icarus black red substance that's like leaking out from in between the plates of his armor. Because he's like not backing down, right? Like he's just gonna keep going. No, no, he's just gonna keep going. Um. Real quick, Chuck, I'm guessing a... I'm guessing a 13 does not hit your AC. No, definitely not. Okay, you crippled this guy's fucking shoulder. Like, he goes in for a huge fucking swing, or he looks like he's going to, and the hand attached to the shoulder that you fucked up literally just, like, lets go of the handle of his sword. And so with one hand, it just swings completely wide and misses you. And what's the will save DC? 13, my guy. Um, he rolled a 20 on the die. Oh, I know. Well, I'm going to say my thing to him anyway. Okay. I'm just going to look at him and yell, 
You know you're beat. Just just stand down. This is needless at this point. We have things we need to be doing. So he's going to uh, he's going to turn towards you. Do you wish to fight? And he's going to kind of start. And you guys notice that there is a kind of reddish light glowing in your brother's eyes. Oh, boy. You guys only usually see this when he's in the midst of battle lust. And I mean, you know, he was fighting with the gnome kid. But whatever this dwarf just hit him with woke him the fuck up. And you know that nothing good happens when this occurs. Um, So he starts walking towards this kid who just challenged him. Um, Jimena, you look down past this gnome's uh, head and you see like this little like glowing ember of dry weeds um, where the gnome's firebolt kind of struck off with its sparks. And you hear this little voice in your head. So, Humana is going to reach into her bag of tricks and pull out her fuzzy little pillow and <laughs> chuck it All towards right. her brother so that it's in between her brother and uh, her. Alright, and this guy just turned his attention away from you, uh, Torbjorn, which provokes an attack of opportunity. Do you take it? Um, yeah. Okay. Natural 20? Shit. Holy shit! Roll your uh, roll your double damage. Well, we had a brother. <laughs> so it's gonna be the D twelve plus five twice. Uh, yeah. Uh, so roll the roll the D twelve twice, and then apply your strength bonus once. Okay, just once. So twenty. Twenty damage. We used to have a brother. He, he steps forward and starts walking towards this kid, this, like, bloodlust glowing in his eyes, um, and seeing exactly what's happening, Humana, before even Kalita can react. Like, you see her start walking towards to get in between her brother and the kid, and you, just without even thinking about it, reach into this, uh, this bag um, that you uh, traded another powerful magical artifact for. You and your guys' friends kind of use, like, minor magical artifacts as trading cards, but uh, your your parents were not happy with the item that you traded for it. But you pull out a little kind of reddish ball of fuzz and you throw it and it lands in between your brother and the kid. And from it springs a large uh, ape. Um, it's like a it's, it's like a gorilla if a gorilla was tan. And so it like land, lands in front of your brother and just kind of like <laughs> beats its chest real hard and lunges for him. And as he steps back away from this ape, kind of surprised for a moment, Torbjorn takes this opportunity to just drive his axe straight upwards in between the ape and your brother and into your brother's chest. And he just fucking crumples and hits the ground. Um, he's still breathing, and you see his other hand reaching for his sword. Uh, Eric, you sounded like you had something you wanted to do earlier if the guy hit the ground. Oh, no, it was more of a, if he was on the ground when I woke up. Gotcha. Yeah, it was more of a, oh, did I, uh, did I win? <laughs> did I win? 
Um, you clearly did not, but you derive some measure of satisfaction. Um, this woman who is pouring a healing potion down your throat and is still kind of supporting you by the head, with her other hand reaches in, throws this random thing from her bag. You turn and look over your shoulder, and this ape erupts out of nowhere, and then you watch this dwarf, like, you can barely see it behind the ape, but basically a flail of beard and a great axe comes out of seemingly nowhere and slams into this guy. He crumples and hits the fucking ground. Like, his hand is is still reaching for his greatsword, but at this point, both Gerald and Kirk are going to uh, walk into the middle of the ring and just kind of like, all right, all right, and they're like both waving their arms, and, um... Gerald is going to step in the middle and just, like, throw his arm down and say, ROUND! And he's going to reach down and, like, help uh, help your brother up. Um, and Kirk is going to walk over and give, like, a solemn slap on your shoulder, Torbjorn. And uh, he's just going to say, That is the strongest arm I've seen in a fucking decade. You're House Barrelman, right? Uh, yes, sir. Well, I doubt a house as noble as yourself would ever consider becoming a sellsword, but uh, if you decide you're tired of money and politics, you can uh, you can always come uh, roam the land uh, for a little bit with us. We'd be proud to have you. Uh, thanks for the offer. I, I think uh, this is just for funsies. This ape is going to kind of, like, wait until uh, your brother's helped up off the ground. Uh, what what are you doing, Chudwell, now that there's a fucking, like, tan gorilla in between you and this guy? Uh, taking note of who tossed that, that out in the first place, Go and ahead. then backing up into the people who are much taller than me. <laughs> Go ahead and roll perception. Well, that's unfortunate. I just rolled a one. Ah, oh, you have no idea where that came from. As you shrink invisibly back into the crowd that is taller than you. And I actually want to make my way back over to find uh, the robed man who first greeted me. The guy from House Lirandar? Yeah. Okay. Um, so this uh, this Gerald guy is going to slowly walk over towards uh, you, Kalita, uh, with your brother in tow. And just kind of like unceremoniously let him go next to you. And he's going to nod. Well... We expected no less of the, uh, fighting prowess, I suppose, of, uh, the Elves of Erinol, I'm sure. Uh, someone equal to his capabilities would be more than blessed to, uh, oppose him in battle. And he's going to kind of nod, just kind of grimace a little bit, and then turn and walk away. Um, and your brother kind of stands there, like, heaving in front of you, and then looks up at you. His eyes are normal now. And he kind of reaches up and lay on hands himself um, and, like, heals himself up a little bit with positive energy, flexes his shoulder. That dwarf. I will fight him again. Someday. That was a noble battle. And then he's going to turn away from you and start striding towards Jimena and the gnome. So you guys see this guy, like, rapidly striding towards you. The other guy was still bending down to talk to you, and your brother, like, grabs him on the shoulder and pushes this Baron Merrick's character out of the way. And for a minute, like, Jimena, you think he's gonna, like, grab this kid out of your arms. What do you do? Uh, I'm actually going to call out to the ape and, like, call it towards me. So it immediately turns around and, like, nearly bowling over a couple of innocent bystanders, like, charges woo, charges forward and, like, it immediately jumps 
like in between you and your brother, like kind of bowling him over, like <laughs> and like slams into him, um, knocking your brother <laughs> prone um, and standing in front of you. And just <laughs> your brother's gonna kind of slowly pull himself up. Are you doing anything amidst all this, Kalita? Like, or are you just mostly shaking your head at the ridiculousness of it all? Letting it roll at this point because I don't think there's enough wine or damage control in the world. <laughs> and mother and father will hear all about this. I mean, you're drunk. Our brother tried to kill someone. I'm not even that drunk. This is. I am on a good day. <laughs> you can quit anytime I want to. So, um, your, your brother's gonna kind of pull himself back up gingerly, and, um, he's going to, as best he can shout, uh, with, like, this weird raspy voice, Small man, what is your name? Uh, Nico's, uh, like, terrified at this point, and he's kind of cowering, he looks up at him, he's, it's Nico? Nico! You and I will not fight again. You are brave. I have fought with many large men, many powerful men, elves that drink blood on the battlefield like sacrament wine, and many do not have your bravery. He's a poet, that one. You are not meant to fight but you should be proud. And he's just gonna kind of like look at the ape strangely and then walk back off into the crowd. Nico looks kind of uh, dejected at that point. Like he didn't expect that he was gonna walk in and just like straight up be a boss when it comes to fighting, but after having his behind handed to him, and being told that he will basically never be any good on the battlefield, he looks kind of like dead inside. This uh, Baron Merrick's character of House Caneth, um, also nearly getting thrown aside by the ape, kind of like straightens his robe a little bit and like dusts his goatee off. Um, and he's going to like kind of clear his throat. <clears throat> well, um, and he's going to kind of turn towards you, Kalita. Uh, your brother is still welcome. If, um, he is feeling up to social gatherings, uh, and he's going to kind of turn towards, uh, uh, Humana and, uh, you, have you, have you like stood up or are you still kind of like, uh, sitting there on the ground, uh, Nico? Um, he's going to like dust himself off and like slowly pick himself back up and he's going to go find, uh, Dew wherever Dew landed. Uh, do actually got, like, uh, the, the big elf guy just set him down next to you. Okay, um, he's gonna, like, pick him up and dust him off and make sure that he's not broken or... Excellent. Uh, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's totally fine. This, uh, this big bulky elf seemed to, like, he didn't even make a scratch in the metal. He picked it up as gently as he could. And so this, uh, this Baron DeCaneth, or, uh, character is going to, uh, walk up to you and kind of lean down a little bit. That is... Fascinating. Is that is that what shot the arcane blast? Yeah. Fantastic. Is it? Do you do you command it? Does it have a mind of its own? How does it? How does it continue moving? Uh, it's magic. 
That is... I, uh, I spoke magic into the contraption itself after I've made it. Amazing. Have you, have, have you had schooling in Artificer's Arts before? Not really? <laughs> well, I dare say you're a prodigy if I've ever seen one. That is a fantastic little thing. I was, I've, I've never seen uh, uh, cogwork handiwork that, that small and uh, seamless. And I can't believe you managed to enchant that. That requires immense attention to detail. And if um, if you're ever seeking patronage from House Kenneth, if uh, if this isn't simply a, a a fluke and a miracle, if you're capable of you know building more things of this skill, we'd, uh, I would I would love to offer offer my patronage. If you uh, here's here's my token, and he hands you a, a token with the symbol of House Kenneth on it. I do believe there's um I was actually talking to, and he's gonna turn to Jimena. Um, I, I I presume you are also of uh, House. Uh, G- G- Galanad- Galanadon, Tyranodon, you're you're of that other elf house with the other. You're with the other elves, right? Yes, correct. Yes. Oh, uh, well, then you as well are more than more than welcome. We're having something of a house Kenneth uh, get together um, up in the upper levels of Sharn tomorrow uh, or tonight. I can't remember what I said fifteen minutes ago. Damn it! Um, you are welcome to join us uh, with the rest of your family, as are you, young man, if you wish. Um, I, this, this is all a bit hustle and bustle, and I understand Macklebracken Estate is a kind of a kind of a countryside affair, so uh, Sean is probably a bit out of your element. Uh, but you are more than welcome to join us as well. You have the patronage coin, so uh, whether or not decide, you decide to take us up on it, you're, uh, you're, you will be able to get in the door regardless of your status. But uh, yeah, feel, feel free to stop by. I would, I would love to see more of, uh, more of all of you. And any anyhow, let's be gone. He kind of uh, stands up and takes his leave, uh, wandering off to the next thing that has his attack attention. Uh, you, Nero, kind of standing and watching all this. What was your impression of all of this nonsense? There was almost a moment of like, you know, I, are they using deadly force on each other? Jeez, <laughs> you know, it's a gimmick. <laughs> just kind of like, is somebody gonna die? <laughs> Did I did I come to the fucking blood pits in the middle of this cradle of civilization? Um, yeah, just so you uh, you feel uh, you feel a hand kind I of know uh, what this was. What's up? Did I know what this was? <laughs> no, no, you had no idea. You just walked up and saw a fight, and uh, after the guy said, you know, like you're welcome to be a mercenary, you're like, why? Okay, why did he say that thing? And then you look up and you see the symbol of House Deneth. Um, and you're like, oh. <laughs> Oops. Are you playing the jockey frat boy who's like drunk as he's going through like Greek row? <laughs> Partying, challenging everyone. Fuck yeah, all of you haze me. Just be like, okay. <laughs> whatever. I'm rushing all the houses. Just say no to the paddle. Uh, but you, uh, you feel a clap of a hand on your shoulder, Nero, uh, kind of a frail hand, um, and you, uh, see a older, older man, uh, walk up next to you. Uh, he's wearing, uh, scholar's robes, bald, bald pate, kind of sunburned, um, and long gray beard. Um, and he's just gonna say, <laughs> entertainment of refined folk. <laughs> Don't you agree? Oh, it was... A- Something for sure. <laughs> well, um, I, uh, I, I see that you're, uh, I see that you're, uh, of house, um, what was, what was your last name? 
uh, Wraith. I, I see you've been sent from uh, from House Wraith over in Carnath. It's a, I, uh, I knew somebody from Carnath was going to be attending our university. We don't get, don't get a whole lot of transfers over here. Uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't perchance happen to be uh, uh, Nero, would you? Actually, yes. Oh, I, hello. Uh, my uh, my name is um. Uh, uh, my name is uh, I'm sorry, I forgot my name. Um, my name is Benjamin. I'm uh, I'm the provost of the the, uh, the General Arcane Studies College. Uh, you you wound up under my care until you uh, you, you choose a specified school. Uh, you you didn't list your specified school on the application. Uh, do you do you have a, a preferred school of magic? Well, I I do wish to delve deeper into the art of necromancy. Um, but honestly, to me, magic is magic. Oh, well, uh, a noble take. I, I, I shouldn't have expected much different from uh, from a, a, a wizard of Carnath. But um, uh, well, it'll it'll be an honor to have you in my college. I, um, uh, the uh, house house Caneth is is throwing a bit of a of a to do tonight, and yeah, you can. Uh, you can come with me if you'd like. It's a good introduction to academic life, uh, as opposed to these um, <clears throat> particularly refined folk. <laughs> and he chuckles and he um, he gestures towards the uh, the fighting pits where you know the next round of people is getting ready to uh, put on a much less impressive fight than the last one. And he says, uh, "We uh, we we savages that hang about with a uh, house." <laughs> Decaneth and House Lirandar uh, like to do things like uh, read read books and uh, discuss <laughs> arcane techniques. Uh, at least at least in between you know social banter. Uh, so it, it it might be a good place to start. I, I don't have many students who who fallen directly under my wing. Uh, most of them choose a school. So uh, if uh, if if you'd like to come with me, you're more than welcome. Oh, I would love to. To be on, quite honest, I'm realizing I'm. A little famished, really. No, oh, excellent. Well, uh, I'd, I'll I'll take you back to the the college and I'd, I'd at least show you your room. We can grab some provisions there, and then uh, later later this evening we'll, we'll wander over, wander over to the upper tiers. Sounds, sounds like an excellent plan. I'm I'm sure you'll. Well, Baron Merricks can be a bit testy at times, but I'm sure you'll love the high lady of the house. Well, come, 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 come. I'll show you your quarters. I just kind of follow along, you know, just kind of take it in the sights and. Excellent. Um, so you, uh, Chudwell, found the uh, the guy from House Lirandar, and he's very happy to see you again. <laughs> I see. So you went to the, the pits over at House Deneth, eh? I didn't mean to. That's just kind of where I wound up. Seems there's uh, entertainment for all types of people here, huh? Yep, all, all sorts yeah. of folks, yep. It's, uh, I, I, I don't know how you wound up uh, over there when we were heading over towards House Caneth, but uh, I'm, I'm glad to... so many people running around back and forth, back and forth. I get, I get, I got mixed up. I get mixed up sometimes, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah, well, quite quite easy to get mixed up. I'm sure in that uh, prodigious brain you've got attached to you, you've, uh, you've got a lot going on. Hard, hard to keep track of basic things like uh, <clears throat> which, which direction you're going. Uh, listen, um, if you want to discuss things with, with other intellectuals, you know, if you want to be around a 
slightly more sophisticated crowd. Um, House Kenneth is, as, as much as I'm loath to uh, to have you be tempted into their presence, House Kenneth is uh, hosting a, a, a party uh, together with House Lirindar tonight. Uh, if you want to be surrounded by other people of arcane persuasion and high class, and also if you want to uh, sneak a sneak a cup of mead or two, nobody really cares if the kids drink up at <laughs> up at that stage of society. Uh, you're you're welcome to accompany me as my honored guest. No no patronage coin required. As he like starts even saying that that they're more okay with people or kids sneaking mead, uh, I think like. I don't finish listening to him explain like in that part of society and just pull out a thing a, like a flask from in one of my my petticoats, just pull it out and start <laughs> drinking because I am fucking dying right now. <laughs> He's gonna. Oh well, it, it appears you're already quite well equipped for the occasion. All right. Uh, well, I'll I'll take that as a yes then, I suppose. Yes, I, I'm gonna be really frank with you. I'm here. Well. I'm looking to learn a little bit more about curses in general, actually, to be honest with you. I I thought I would walk around and see what caught my fancy, but I'm pretty dead set on just... I want to learn about all types of curses. Well... Well, 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 um, I, I suppose with, a, with as wide of a library as Morgrave College has, you'll, you're likely to find something. There's a, there's a decent amount of forbidden texts in there. We at uh, House Lirindar tend to have special access. You know, you can't exactly uh, <laughs> speak to Krakens with your average run-of-the-mill magic, so you might be able to find something. Of, of course, you'd have to have uh, House Lirindar access unless you became a, you know, provost or, uh, or professor of some sort. You've got a little ways to go till then, I'm sure. But um, Our house uh, is the only one that has access to these... Forbidden parts? No, I, I mean one of the very, very few. Who are the others? Well, we can, we can, we can discuss that later. Tell you what, I'll tell you who the other houses are as a, as a, as a bit betrayal to my own interests. I'll tell you who the other houses are if you come with the party to me tonight. Is that agreed? Is that agreed? Come with you tonight. I just, um, you know, commanding storms is not quite for me. You drive a hard sell, though. Let me tell you. <laughs> Well, the the life of a seafaring man isn't for everybody. And, uh, yeah, well, I suppose I will see you tonight. Here, uh, take this, take this patronage coin. No, no strings attached. It's not a, not a binding contract. And, uh, not, you know, it's not, <laughs> not cursed. Uh, it, it, it'll just get you in the doors. And, uh, just come find me as soon as you can. Okay, I'm gonna roll arcane on this thing as he hands it to me to know if it, like, actually has magic on it, possibly. It, he uh, seems like he really wants to like drive this bargain home and he's a very good businessman from 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 your knowledge arcane i can tell you even basic it's just a mundane silver coin with the with the symbol of house larendar on it okay that's that's all it is um and then uh you uh in the in the distance uh heard baron merrick's talking uh torbjorn um about a uh well-to-do get-together with house caneth um, and as he's, you know, walking away, you can kind of keep track of his, his red cloak as he disappears through the crowd. Uh, the fights seem to be very much over, um, so this this is as good an opportunity as you're gonna get. Alright. Um, so he's... I'm gonna go try to talk to him. Like, stop him, because he's leaving. I'm gonna follow him out. Okay. Uh, so you go up, you get his attention, and um, he, he turns around. Oh! Oh my! I just, oh! It's you! That was a... <laughs> Spectacular fight! I, I must admit, it, it was good to see uh, someone lay into that man. I don't, I don't know what he was thinking, taking on that, that poor little gnome. Uh, you gotta fight someone your own size, eh? 
Well, I wouldn't quite say you're his own size, but uh, you're, you're definitely his own strength. I, I felt the ground shake. That was an impressive hit. Um, any, anything I can do for you? I wanted to know what you knew about um, House Kenneth. Oh, well, you're, you're speaking to Baron Merrick's to Kenneth. I, uh, <laughs> I'm here on business, but I run one of the three major houses of House Kenneth. I'm a, I'm a house patron, so nobody knows more about House to Kenneth than I do. Um, what, is, what is your interest? I'm, you know, I, I, I am quite hard-pressed for time at the moment. I, I have some engagements to get to. Um, and he kind of, like, shifts his eyes uh, sideways and scratches the back of his neck a little bit. And he's like, but um, I, I, I would love to talk to you more about it, especially someone from a house as notable as House Berylman. Um, what are you in a rush for? I've, I, I've just got some urgent engagements. I've, to be perfectly frank, I've got some, I've got some debts to settle. <laughs> you know, living a, living a high, high-income life, you tend to make some high-income bargains. It's, I, yes, um, I've got some debts to pay. That, that, that's all I'll say. Uh, but if you want to talk more about it, um, you're, you're welcome to join us. We're, we're, we're having a, a get-together tonight up at the, uh, the top, uh, top floor of the... <laughs> or um, among, among the top towers of Sharn. Uh, just follow the fireworks. That's what I always say. We, we make quite a show of it. Uh, but yes, I, I, can, I, can I count on seeing you there? Absolutely. I'll be there. Excellent. I will look for you. I'll be sure to find you if you're dressed as splendidly as you are now. It was, uh, it was good to meet you, old chap. Matching head. And so he walks off, and um, each of you, in your own way and with your own motives, uh, prepare to meet House Kenneth, House Lirindar, whoever you're meeting. You all prepare to uh, attend a party. Thank you for listening to Quarantine Quest, City of Towers. The cast of Quarantine Quest is Eric DeMaio, Chuck Welker, Aaron Deaton, Oren Brown, Kara Schmidt, and Mary Emmert. Dungeon Master is Dustin Sipes. Quarantine Quest is a production of Too Many Worlds Podcast Network. All audio editing and mastering performed by Dustin Sipes. Background ambience is from tabletopaudio.com. Original intro and outro music by J. Karsten Neal. And as always, may all of your adventures be epic, and none of your treasure chests be mimics.